we've come to remember that Lemuria was a fifth dimensional reality. And I'm using these terms just in relation to what we experience here in the, our current reality that we call the third. Lemuria existed at a much higher frequency, a different dimension. We can't think of it in physical terms. We can't go searching for pottery shards and evidence of where it was in the third dimensional world because it didn't exist in the third dimensional world. It was a higher reality. Lemuria, in many ways, still exists here. I mean, it's it's stored in the DNA of Mother Earth. It's yeah. stored in our own DNA. And so it's available to us non-physically. I mean, the easiest way is just through our own higher selves and tapping into the non-physical wisdom that still exists from Lemuria. But there are places on Earth where you can reconnect. And for many people, it is getting, as you said, getting into nature. Lemuria was really integrated with water. I mean, the colors, the blue, colors of blue and water in the ocean, very strong energies associated with Lemuria. So I found that various places around the world, you can be in that kind of water environment and feel a connection. But you can, it doesn't have to be in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. I have felt that there's a lot of tiny islands between mainland Japan and Taiwan. And some of those islands, I've been there, my wife and I have felt Lemuria Angeli incredibly powerfully. Are you tired of small talk? Me too. How do we channel spirit messages? What can angels and demons teach us? What's quantum leaping? How do we shift timelines? Who are the star seeds among us? Are dragons real? Big Souls brings big ideas down to earth. Let's plant some abundant seeds into the garden of your mind. Join the big talk. Welcome to Big Souls, Big Ideas, where we replace this small talk with big talk and talk about the things that are probably a little bit out of this world, such as exploring Lemuria where for some people I have discovered it feels like home while being on their earthly home. And I have a very special guest to help us discover our connection to Lemuria and our way back spiritual teacher and healer, healer David Bauer. Welcome, David. Coming to you from the Hawaiian Islands, which I believe are the ancient mountaintops of Lemuria. So it's wonderful to be here with you. Beautiful. Great to have you with us. And I'm going to dive right into the conversation and ask you this very beautiful question. When did you first discover Lemuria and the calling to return back to Lemuria within your work and even your own self-discovery? Well, probably closer to 25 years ago, um, I had started to awaken to doing energy healing. And because I had such an affinity for it, I realized that I'd been a healer mm-hmm. in other lifetimes. So I was just kind of reawakening that healer within me. And in doing my healing work, I was led to a spiritual church that focused on healing. And that's where I first heard the word Lemuria. And I had no idea what it was, never heard it before. But as soon as I heard that word, I felt a spark or a, like a light switch being flipped on inside of me. And that just opened up a whole new chapter in my spiritual awakening. And over the years, I've met so many people who have had a similar experience, my wife included. They read the word, they see it, and something something clicks, and it just opens up a whole new phase of awakening. Yeah, it's a portal. It's like a keyword that kind of 
if if we think Absolutely. about our consciousness as the software, it's like we're downloading the next application and that application has just been installed and it's like, whoa, so much more to explore. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely a secret keyword that just triggers uh, a whole new level of conscious awakening in your DNA and your connection with your own higher self. It really is a magical secret keyword. Yeah. Where is... Lemuria. I think this is the question that many people have explored. There's so many articles if you Google it, and it's it's the lost continent. That's kind of the theme of Lemuria today. But is it something that we can explore by exploring our soul, or can we actually track it somewhere into the physical world? Well, this is a great question, and I'm really glad you've framed it in this way, Stella, because most people, when they ask this question, are thinking in a third dimensional sense. Mm -hmm. Where physically was it? Just like we're, you know, looking for, you know, a lost city that maybe, you know, was in, a, was in an old Roman empire, part of the old Roman empire, when it's lost, we can't find it. Same thing with Lemuria. People are thinking, where is it physically? And there are a lot of beliefs out there. Personally, I believe it was somewhere in the Pacific Ocean and living here in the Hawaiian Islands, I just have this knowing in my heart that, these islands are actually the ancient mountaintops of Lemuria because you can feel the Lemurian energy here so strongly. But rather than focus on where it is or was physically, I think the better question is what dimension did Lemuria exist in? Where was it dimensionally? Because for many of us, we've come to remember that Lemuria was a fifth dimensional reality. And I'm using these terms just in relation to what we experience here in the our current reality that we call the third, Lemuria existed at a much higher frequency, a different dimension. We can't think of it in physical terms. We can't go searching for pottery shards and evidence of where it was in the third dimensional world because it didn't exist in the third dimensional world. It was a higher reality. There have been so many realities on this planet over its incredibly long history, so many different experiments with different realities, different dimensions, all evolutionary processes. And Lemuria was just another one of these experiments that existed in a higher dimension. Yes, it was here on Earth, but it really was different. So I think as we think of Lemuria as a higher vibrating reality, that opens up so many more possibilities and it frees us from the limitation of, okay, what's the right answer? Where was it physically? Where was it actually located? Because in truth, what we experience as reality is so malleable. It's just an illusion created by thought. And so imagining something existing here in a different dimension just takes you into a different realm of thought. So I think if we put it in that context and think of, okay, where was Lemuria dimensionally? Oh, it's a higher dimension, a different reality, a completely different experience than the third. That opens up so many poss more possibilities to access and remember our experiences there. I hope that made sense. 100%, yes. <laughs> and I think what people are trying to kind of bring into the question is, where can we see the physical manifestation of Lemuria today? And that probably can be found in places where there's more community and there's more nature, that it's the nature that has been preserved without this building on top of it for money, for tourism, for the economy, because we're constantly being brought down to a lower level of frequency, to a lower state of our consciousness so that we're preoccupied with fear. And the Lemurian consciousness kind of goes 
much higher than fear. It goes to this level of abundance. And at this point of you know our human existence, the concept of abundance has also been hijacked by the artificial system where abundance means a lot of money for many people, whereas that's not the true meaning of abundance. To go back a few steps, where have you found your soul kind of redirecting you to reconnect with some of that lost energy of Lemuria? Because you mentioned Hawaii. Are there other places on Earth that you found this stronger connection to Lemuria? Absolutely, because Lemuria was a reality existed for a long time. And with all evolutionary processes, it evolves to a certain point and it reaches, quote unquote, the end where you realize, okay, there's not much more we can do at this level of reality. It's time to let it go and move on to something (laughs) new and different. I mean, there have been so many realities that have been taking place here on this planet. We'll never get a clear idea of how many. So Lemuria, in many ways, still exists here. I mean, it's it's stored in the DNA of Mother Earth. It's stored in our own DNA. And so it's available to us non-physically. I mean, the easiest way is just through our own higher selves and tapping into the non-physical wisdom that still exists from Lemuria. But there are places on Earth where you can reconnect. And for many people, it is getting, as you said, getting into nature. Lemuria was really integrated with water. I mean, the colors, the blue, colors of blue and water in the ocean, very strong energies associated with Lemuria. So I found that various places around the world, you can be in that kind of water environment and feel a connection. But you can, it doesn't have to be in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. I have felt it. There's a lot of tiny islands between mainland Japan and Taiwan. And some of those islands, I've been there, my wife and I have felt Lemuria energy incredibly powerfully. We've been on top of Mount Fuji in Japan and felt Lemurian energy. So there's various places that you can tap into it. But what's most important is that you're... I'm not most important. I guess the easiest way is to be around, away from the built environment, so away from cities, away from so-called matrix energy. Once you get out into nature and either into the mountains or by water, it's much easier to connect. So there are places around the planet where you, you can feel it, but it is very, very personal. And you don't have to travel to Hawaii to feel it. Yes, it's easy to connect here, but you don't have to be here. You can really connect wherever you are. Your intention is the most important thing. Yeah, the power of visualization, imagination. And I think there's a key word here, water. Water symbolizes the emotions and allowing your emotions to flow freely. Because I think the moment we suppress our emotions, we're brought to a lower level, which is the the level of the mind, which is the level of overthinking and trying to make sense of what you're feeling instead of allowing yourself to just feel it. Because we're meant to experience every single thing that we feel, we think, so that we can learn from it and then release it and keep that flow flowing, not suppressing, not put stones there. Absolutely. And I just want to mention something about emotions because... Here in the third dimension, I think one of the key features of this kind of reality, which we've all created together here by choice, is to experience a little bit denser energies, to experience the pendulum swing of emotions. And this is a conscious choice so that our souls can evolve, so that we can experience this. In Lemuria, because we are at a higher vibration, 
there wasn't fear. There wasn't doubt and worry. There wasn't the swing of, you know, the dramatic polarity between emotions that we experience as human. Again, it was a different reality. Okay. But so many of us have had lifetimes there. So deep inside, we know what it feels like to live in divine love and light, to communicate telepathically, to know that our thoughts manifest instantaneously, that we can can create a reality. But here in the dense third dimensional reality, we have, you know, we, we came here to experience those emotions. But that Lemurian wisdom lets us know that, oh, you don't have to experience the dramatic swings. You can find the center point, which is your heart and that divine love within to kind of calm and, and, and get the most out of the human experience without doing the full range of, of, of drama. Lead from the heart and essentially whatever you do, leave the world a better place than you found it. doesn't matter if it's one situation, one friendship, one connection, one project, just leave it better. Because when you're leading from the heart, you're leading from a place of unity and leading from a place where you want to build something, not destroy it. And if your goal to destroy it is so that you can rebuild the foundation in a stronger way so that it can fit more or sustain more. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of us, have experienced that fear-based programming, that fear-based conditioning where it really is survival. And for many people, even when they go out of that state of survival where they've achieved good career, good surrounding, they still carry that because they cannot escape. They cannot download the file that says Lemuria. <laughs> There's something in the downloading process that just gets suppressed. Um, what would you say is the Lemuria knowledge? Because you did mention that it's a consciousness that is a lot more advanced, so it operates with a completely different mindset. Obviously, the first step is accessing that Lemuria knowledge, but how would you define it in terms of, if you think about knowledge that you get from the educational system, it is still very much confined. How is that Lemuria knowledge in education different than what we're experiencing as our educational flow on Earth right now? Well, I would say... The biggest difference, and again, not judging either one as good or bad, from the point of view of our higher selves, everything we experience in life, whether it's in the third dimension or the fifth dimension, everything you experience is just that, experience. From that higher perspective, there is no judgment of good or bad. That's a very human way of, of, of looking at things. And so the reason it happens in the third dimension is that we have such dense veils between our human selves and our higher selves. And so the illusion is that we're all disconnected from source, that we're all disconnected from each other. We're disconnected from nature. We feel this separation, which is just an illusion, but it serves a purpose. Again, those veils, this density is allowing our eternal selves to evolve in ways that we couldn't in a higher dimension. So in the Lemurian reality, let's call it a fifth dimensional reality, all based in love, we didn't have that illusion of separation. The veils between our incarnate selves and our higher selves was very thin. So we were always aware of our connection with source, with our connection with each other, with the beauty of Mother Earth, you know, in, in a multidimensional sense. We were always aware of that and connected. And so in Lemuria, our understanding of how the universe works what love really is, what the connection is between incarnate self and all the non-physical beings that are part of life, that was a much different experience. So that understanding 
can help us transcend the density and the veils of living in the third dimension. So for me, that's the biggest difference is that knowledge and teaching in a third dimensional sense is usually just about facts and observing and regurgitating what somebody else has said. Whereas if you take a more Lemurian point of view and reach beyond that, you start to understand the truth of yourself, the truth of how the universe works, the interconnectedness of all realities, all life, without judgment, because ultimately everything in the universe is created from love. This idea of duality and polarity and opposites and good or bad, these are very human experiences. And in this density, this is why we have fear and doubt and worry and anger and anxiety is because there is the illusion of separation. But tapping into that Lemurian memory, that Lemurian knowledge, helps us remember, oh, there's a different way of being. I don't have to live with these beliefs and these behaviors that I've inherited for the, from those who came before me. Yeah, I don't have to live on guard all the time. I don't have to protect myself from my exactly. neighbors, from my friends and family. And I think maybe this is part of the spiritual warfare that we're also experiencing. It's kind of people hijacking our energetic field to make us feel like we cannot trust the people around us that you know we're supposed to trust the most. But also it's that inability for most people to rise above the level of fear. So even when we trust them, they kind of look at life through the lens of trauma. And that is probably one of the biggest obstacles to ascending, the trauma. The trauma brings us down. And I suppose with an education system that teaches that separation and teaches from that lens of separation, it's very easy to remain stuck in that cycle of trauma and see it everywhere because we don't know anything else. We don't have another example in the physical world. Yeah, there's very few examples that you can turn to, yeah. Do you see this being brought back to the education system, to schools? Because I think that is one of the most crucial points to flipping the script on earth, changing the way that the education system onboards the young souls. And I say young souls, but we don't know the age of any soul. <laughs> Some of us have experienced living, existing a lot longer than others, regardless of our human age. <laughs> right. Well, if you look at human educational institutions, and this is true, I believe, in, in any culture and in, in any tradition, the education system is an artifact from past generations. So, you know, looking back 100 years, it feels like the way that institutions are teaching these days is based on a, a worldview from at least 50, if not 100 years ago. And so the educational systems are always lagging behind the kids. And every generation of kids that come in and incarnate, they're more aware. They connect with energy differently. They see the world differently. And institutions always struggle to keep up with the needs of these beings. So I don't, I don't, I personally don't like to focus on institutional education because the only way it's going to change is if millions and millions of people on the planet awaken to a higher level of spiritual awareness and, ascend, and decide to make changes. And, and I don't think that's going to be happening in an organic way in our lifetime. I think that individuals are going to continue to awaken spiritually. And collectively, we are going to start creating a new reality. And it means creating that, a new reality, not trying to fix or evolve the old reality. 
I've been doing spiritual work for 25 years, and I've been teaching Lemurian wisdom and teaching Lemurian healing. And I found that there's no way that I can convince people. I can, you know, evangelize or proselytize and, and try to convince people. However, as people awaken on their own and find the path, that's where we start to do work together. Like you and I, you know, the two of us connecting. It's I think we're here to awaken our own light, not try to fix what's out there. Because what's out there exists for a reason. It's to help our evolution. So I think education is truly going, always going to be a personal thing. And as we get together and collectively, people are going to find ways of accessing wisdom and information like we did in the Moria, not in a third-dimensional way. Yeah, I like that, though. It's it's quite beautiful to see people create these pathways for other people to follow, for other people to follow a different example, maybe not even follow the path that somebody, a leader, a spiritual leader has created, but to see that as an inspiration for them to create something that they can use to inspire other people. Because I completely agree that you cannot save someone, um, guide them somewhere where they don't want to go yet, where they're not ready to see, because we all have this moment of awakening where something gets switched on and we see beyond the veil and we are it's up to us to decide if we want to take those steps because it is a journey it, it is a voyage and it can be quite scary because it's a personal voyage and yeah. if you and i have experienced that call when we've taken the steps that means that everyone has that choice at some point but some people are just not ready to take those steps just yet and when they are ready in the future when there is a little bit more or maybe less stigma around those decisions or those journeys, I think we will be able to see more of those lights kind of awakening much faster. And I'm talking about different ages, not just young people versus old. I'm seeing all industries, all ages, all races, all ethnicities kind of awakening to, hey, there's more. Let's experience it together. Yeah, there, there are no limits. And, and still, I just want to add one more thing. I just My guides just told me, okay, here was the main point that you wanted to share. I forgot. One of the biggest differences between the way we view life here in the third dimension compared to Lemuria is this idea that life happens to us, that I'm a victim, that I can be affected by other people's choices, institutions, governments, whatever it is. From a Lemurian point of view, Everyone realized, we all knew that we created our own personal reality. Our thoughts created our reality. And so in Lemuria, we took 100% responsibility for creating our own reality. And that's, I think, the biggest difference. Here in the third dimensional reality, not everyone is going to awaken to that fact. Some people come here just to evolve and experience the third dimension without awakening spiritually, without realizing that their thoughts create their own reality. But that's what's creating the shift on Earth, is that more of us awakening or essentially awakening to that truth that, oh, I'm in control of my entire reality. I'm not, I'm not a victim of anything. I'm attracting all this. That's the way the universe works. And that is multi-layered as well, because I've gone through many variations, many steps on this ascension journey where I also explore the idea of why is this happening to me right now, even after I've evolve let's say and I still go back to that thought in different aspects of my life so I know that there is these are the corners that I need to explore these are the corners where I need to bring a little bit more light and kind of integrate them and expand that inner library of information of guidance of resources that I've created for myself to be you know my personal google <laughs> search yeah, exactly. and that's where the real power is when you realize oh I am creating my own reality 
no one taught me this when I was younger. It took me how many decades to, to mm. awaken it, but it's like, oh, I did this. Yeah. Because then you reclaim all your power and you stop giving it away to excuses or third parties when it's all you. And once you realize it's all you, there's no limit to what you can do in this life. Yeah, yeah. And I think that ties well with the next question. Can we fully restore the Lemurian consciousness and kind of living from this 5D level of operating where I don't think, because I think some people are maybe misunderstanding 3D versus 5D. I don't think 5D is completely erasing concepts like fear and hatred and jealousy. It's more to do with we're not wasting as much time in them. We're still experiencing them. We're still learning about them, but we're not completely destroying our inner abilities by spending years of holding grudges and years of feeling the the pain of that betrayal that we experience. It's more to do with, oh, okay, so that's the lesson. Okay, let's go back and do something together. Let's let's shift that energy. Because I think if we were to all live in just this constant state of bliss, it's going to get boring. And a lot of movies and TV shows and books have explored that. Paradise, if it's just good things, it kind of gets boring. But right. the version that we're yeah. experiencing now with this fear, it's it's a little bit of too much torture. So <laughs> it's time to evolve from that living as well. Right. And so when people ask, you know, when are we going to re-experience Lemuria? When are we going to, as you say, restore Lemurian consciousness fully? Well, I don't think we are. I don't think that's the point. Every phase of, of evolution on this planet of human consciousness, different realities, different times and places and so forth. It's all part of this giant evolutionary journey. And so Lemuria happened in a certain time and place, but we're not here to recreate it because what's the point? Just like in a human, you know, human lifetime, we've done something. If we keep doing it over and over again, it's like, what's the point? I've done it. I'm ready to move on to a new experience. But the reason I believe so many of us are remembering and reconnecting with Lemuria is that there is wisdom that we can, an experience that we can tap into to evolve where we are right now. And so it is that remembrance of, oh, what it's like to live in a society that's based in love, you know, where there's mutual understanding and, and respect, and there isn't the illusion of separation, that we do feel our connection or our oneness. I think that's the main thread of why we're remembering, because here we are in a different, completely different reality than what Lemuria was, but we have that experience that we can bring to bear. And so many of us are awakening to that connection. So I don't think we're here to restore Lemurian consciousness or recreate Lemuria. I think that's wisdom and experience that we bring and add to this current human experience. And I don't believe that a fifth dimensional reality is all about living in bliss because there has to be some kind of contrast in order to evolve. So I think a lot of people hold the the idea that, oh, you know, living in a higher reality is going to be boring. There's going to be nothing to do. And it's like, no, at that level of awareness, you are aware of so many more things, so many more possibilities. You can't even conceive of in your human consciousness all the possibilities for creation that are open to you when you transcend this level of density and fear and this illusion of separation. But moving into a higher frequency just opens up more possibilities. It's not like, well, I don't want to ascend. I don't want to evolve because then it's going to be boring. It's like, no, Karen, I promise you it's not going to be boring. 
I mean, imagine a world where you go for a swim and you're communicating with the dolphin that's swimming next to you. That's the type of connectivity and, you know, together that we might experience one day. If we allow ourselves to believe in ourselves and the magic and the universe and follow the science and follow the nudges that are coming probably directly from our souls or our higher selves, take the next step, trust open up, explore this, explore that. So it is quite beautiful to think of experiencing Earth like that. But as you mentioned, it's probably, there's a sense of maybe fear that we're all collectively experiencing that we don't know exactly what we're building, but we're building something brand new that has the elements of these golden ages from the past. And I think that's why we're trying to find an example that feels concrete so that we can have that almost as a picture on our vision board because that's how we've been taught to manifest. Right, and I, and I don't think we're going to find so many, ins- you know, in, unless you're just out in nature, away from the human-built environment. I mean, when you're in nature, it's easy to connect and envision like that. But I think it's going to be that we're going to be doing it non-physically in our imagination, in our meditations, rather than searching from, for something that's already manifest in the physical world and go, that's heaven on earth. That's what I want to create. It's got to be the other way around. We've got to imagine it first and then it will manifest for us. Yeah, And I think artificial intelligence might be able to help us because with the abilities of just typing keywords and these beautiful images come together, maybe that's going to speed up our manifesting abilities by creating these new vision boards. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely symbols and things that are available in the world, like the word Lemuria or the number 1111, that, that these are codes for awakening that, yes, we can tap into and use to kind of accelerate that awakening. Picture that you're receiving these keywords and creating AI-powered visuals and experiences for others to be awakened. I think yeah. that's going to speed up the awakening process as well in the next decade, because there's, I'm guessing, some leaders are trying to create more fear around AI, but I like to think of it as a very creative tool that will allow us to tap into our own creative abilities and our ability to be creators. So it's exciting. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be, you know, channeling, whether they're using traditional art tools or AI, people are going to be channeling a lot of energy into artwork, and they already are, that is helping others to awaken or connect with something deep within them. Pass on that torch from my inner light to awaken your inner light, which is quite beautiful. Exactly. And you mentioned 111. And as we know, there's one more symbol that is quite prevalent when we experience our awakening. Doesn't matter what type of awakening. And that is the blue rose that I'm wearing today. What is the yeah. meaning of blue rose? We've all experienced it. And, you know, it's very personal. You experience it in, in random ways. But once you see it, it becomes part of your consciousness once again it's integrated it's installed (laughs) yep the blue rose is a magical symbol and i'm just going to share my belief about the blue rose that at the end of lemuria there was a knowing that everything we experienced all the wisdom we had gained in all the generations of lemurian evolution we knew that that wisdom and knowledge would be useful at some time in the future with this awareness we knew that Time wasn't linear. Time is really just all existing here and now, right? Everything exists now. So in the morning, we knew that, okay, there was going to be a denser third dimensional evolutionary process in the future. And so let's send some symbols into the future to assist in that process, that spiritual awakening that's going to be happening in a completely different environment. And so there was a council of beings that sent forth 
keywords or symbols like Lemuria, like 1111, like the Blue Rose. These were all sent on purpose. And here we are experiencing these symbols. And for many of us, it's, it's triggering awakening. The Blue Rose is magical. It's a multidimensional symbol that represents Lemurian wisdom, Lemurian love, that concept of know thyself, that it really is a journey of your own personal evolution, regardless of what dimension you're in, what reality, what star system. It's always a personal journey. So that Blue Rose is truly a symbol of your own personal evolution, as well as a strong connection to Lemurian wisdom. And you can imagine it as an ever-blossoming rose. It's like there's never an end point. It's just more petals will continue to unfold. So for many people who've connected with the Blue Rose and they have no idea why, or the number 1111 or the word Lemuria, these are all potent symbols that are assisting the evolution of human consciousness, even though they seem to be very small. When I discovered the Blue Rose, it was earlier this year, and I was guided to put it on my phone wallpaper and to watch it for a couple of months. And I didn't think twice about it because my whole life has been like this. I would The resources will come to me. I wouldn't think about why are they coming. I would just take them, take the steps, learn the lessons, read the books, watch the shows, have the conversations. But the Blue Rose just kept recurring as a theme. And it seems to have some connection, I would say, to um, the awakening of the divine feminine, which is the protector, the nurturer. It has this connection to the healing. And it's it's been a huge theme. And one of the biggest downloads that I had was the movie Titanic and how the diamond that was lost was the blue sapphire. And mm. there is a link to Rose from Titanic. So the Rose that had the blue diamond and... There is some sort of connection to water once again, because Titanic is the story of drowning in our emotions, perhaps, or drowning in the coldness or allowing our emotions to become so disconnected from us that we feel like we're drowning, but the subconscious mind. And I think we're all experiencing this massive return to our emotions and to becoming our most loving selves, because the change that we want to see out in the world starts with us. And I think some of us have been turned to stone over the years in terms of our connection to our emotions. We've experienced such a lack of love and others have experienced the opposite. They've experienced so much of the wrong kind of love that now they're just running wild. So I think this, there's this balance. And I think the biggest figure to bring that balance is the divine feminine, because that is the mother. You know, we, we call mother Gaia as well, mother earth. But I think we've all experienced this lack of nurturing love into our human experience and i think that is the biggest shift who knows we're going to continue to receive downloads uh, but there is some strong connection that creative people have channeled in movies in books regarding the blue rose and it might not come with the visual blue rose it might come with blue sapphires it might come with blue other visuals blue um different types of flowers but i think all creative people are connected to source and they have channeled these messages for us to find now because now is the time for us to interpret them as you mentioned our higher selves have left these pieces for us to recover now because now is the time it's quite beautiful <laughs> it, it, it is beautiful i'm so glad you mentioned the divine feminine because that's essentially how you would describe Lemurian society is that it was based in divine love. Lemuria was guided by Lemurian goddesses 
through the goddess temples. And so the divine feminine is awakening worldwide to help us reconnect with that heart-centered divine love, that way of being that is transcendent of duality. That was a huge part of Lavorian consciousness, and that's one reason we're bringing it back in to this current reality, because the divine feminine is what is going to allow us to shift our consciousness. Yeah, and I'm, I've got the visual of the bees, the queen bee, and the idea of creating this community, this legacy that is powered by you know good intentions and providing for the colony. But I think there is a slight shift that we're experiencing in this ascension, it's that we're moving from the idea of working all the time, like the tired bees that are always working, to being, to allowing our authenticity to shine through and connecting through just emanating our energy. Because we're very powerful beings, and now is the time to release more of that authentic energy. But one question that I have for you that is probably not connected, or maybe it is connected in some ways. Where is the divine masculine? You know, we keep talking about the rise of the divine feminine, but where is the divine masculine? And why haven't we investigated a little bit or spend more time on the divine masculine? Because somebody needs to be the protector of the divine feminine. Right. And there is a role for the divine masculine. So this is a tricky thing. And I think it's a little, sometimes sometimes it's even challenging for me to get my third dimensional thoughts around this concept. But divine feminine in its purest sense, is about balance. It's not about overpowering or being dominant. It is about balance. So for me, the divine masculine is part of that balance, but it's the divine feminine that is, in a sense, the the, the root or the backbone, the source of creation in that it exists beyond duality. So we think about divine feminine, divine masculine, in a, usually in a dualistic sense. Well, They have to be equal. It's like, no, one is part of the other. Mm -hmm. There's balance within the system. So if you let go of the polarity notion and think about, okay, it's more of a real balance based on divine feminine, it starts to feel, for me, it feels a little bit more natural. As I imagine, and I work with beings in meditation, channeling and so forth, beings beyond the third dimension, I have found that anything from the fifth dimension upwards is essentially divine feminine. That once you get to the fifth dimension and beyond, there's no more duality or polarity. So it's just, that's what the universe is. That's what all sorts of beings exist in because that's the source of creation. Love is the source of creation. Divine masculine, in the human sense, has its role to help balance and provide another another function. But it really is, for me, not about balancing opposites does that make sense i think so <laughs> but I'm, I'm, still- I'm, to, I'm, I'm still trying to it, i can feel inside i haven't quite found the way to articulate it in the best way and maybe that is the lesson maybe that is the next you know assignment for all of us that are here to connect a little bit more with the divine masculine and figure out where is that energy and what's the function of that energy because we've spent a lot of time kind of connecting and discussing the divine feminine in the last few years. And we're going to continue to because more of us are being asked to connect with that energy so that we can be more nurturing, more loving in our own lives, in our own communities. And the way that the divine masculine energy has presented itself in my research, it's, it's that leadership, that empowerment of others. But there is a sense of lack of identity when it comes to the energy of the divine masculine. And I think maybe that is the next phase of this ascension that we're meant to unlock some of the 
puzzle pieces and some of the symbolism around that divine masculine. And it's very possible that having a strong separate identity is is not necessary. That you know, here in the third dimension, the the duality, you know, the polarities of masculine, feminine, good and evil, nurturing, active, all those opposites mm-hmm. have played a role. But we'll see. I'm not sure we're meant to carry on this the the opposites as we evolve to higher dimensions. But that's part of the journey here, and why we're having these kind of conversations is just we're moving thought forward a step at a time. I couldn't agree more. And I've absolutely loved every second of this conversation. I'm going to be coming back to it and unpacking some of the insights. Thank you very much for your channeling that information into the world because your channel is full of so many beautiful videos around Lemuria and the significance of the synchronicities and the blue rose. And I'm sure this is just the beginning of us connecting all the pieces because I think we're still channeling them. We're still making sense of them. And once we put the puzzle together, it's going to be a brand new world and it's not going to be just visible. We're going to be actively in it, of it, and co-creating it with the universe. So what a time to be alive. (laughs) Yeah, This is an exciting time to be alive. And, And we all chose to be here for this reason, because this is a, this is an exciting time in, you know, the story of human evolution. So, it is fun. This is a great time to be here. What would you say to someone that comes across this episode and they're wondering what the next step of their search for more meaning should be? Or maybe how can they connect more with the Blue Rose? Well, specifically the Blue Rose, if you feel comfortable, just get into a quiet meditative state. It just means close your eyes and take a few breaths and just picture a Blue Rose. And if you feel comfortable, invite that Blue Rose to merge with your heart. It's a very simple process, but this is something that can really have an effect. It's like planting a seed in your own heart that will unfold over the next few months or even years. Just that act of bringing the blue rose into you and feeling it merge and start to have an effect on the way you think, the way you connect with the world around you. I just think trust, you know, this is not a problem to be solved. Mm -hmm. You're awakening your ascension is not looking for a solution. You just need to follow your path. Stella, as you've mentioned, you know, several times that you've just followed the next step, the next inspiration, the next idea. That's the best you can do. Don't go looking for answers because you're just putting a lot of effort into something that can come to you naturally in the right timing. So just set your intent to be open, to receive, and be aware. Notice what you notice. Let the universe, let the higher self guide you step by step. That's the journey. You don't need to know exactly where you're going or why. Just learn to trust the steps as they come. Mm, This is not a problem to be solved. This is a next chapter of your life to be experienced. Exactly. It's a big journey. (laughs) Just allow it. And I think when you mentioned invite the rose to merge with your heart, I got this visual of the inner child kind of being revealed once the blue rose opens so maybe the blue rose when it appears in your life it's the next phase of your inner child healing it's the nurturing presence that your human experience so far couldn't provide to you in the 3d world so you're being given some assistance from the higher dimensions Mm, i'm so glad you tapped into into that stella because it does have that effect I'm, i'm getting goosebumps i'm getting a little teary because you tapped into the essence of it it really gets to the, the core of who you are. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, because your inner child is your soul that was kind of trapped into the 3D world and now you're breaking free and you're allowing maybe the dragons to help you, maybe the angels, maybe the Lemurian ancestors who are watching you from far away and cheering you because they understand that you've already achieved so much on your journey and you're just understanding it now. You're just wrapping your head around it because I think we can never fully understand what love is because we're not meant to. We're meant to experience it. We're meant to embody it. And a lot of us are now learning how to trust and lead our lives with our intuition, with our heart. And the world that we're about to see in 2024, I think it's going to be a more beautiful place. 12 months from today, I think we're going to be in a much more united world. And I set that intention out. <laughs> yeah. No, and I feel the same way. I feel, I feel that so much of what we've gone through, especially in the last six months, is preparing us for a big year. It's just my guides keep saying it's going to be big. There's going to be lots of expansion, a lot of change that you, in a way you didn't see coming. But it's going to be a beautiful year. It's going to be a beautiful year. And I think because our thoughts create our reality, let's keep reinforcing that belief. It's going to be a beautiful year. Ignore the news. Ignore the hatred. Or rather, don't ignore it. Don't, don't forget about it. But send more love into the world. Be the messenger of love because we need more messengers of love. Thank you for your insights, David. I really appreciate your energy, your work, and joining me for this beautiful conversation that hopefully is going to guide more people higher on their ascension journey. Well, Stella, from my heart, thank you so much for inviting me here. It's just an absolute pleasure and honor speaking with you. I, I love the light and the passion that you're bringing into the world and doing things like this. It's just, I've, I've really appreciated this, this experience. Thank you so much. Some conversations feel like returning home. And I think this was one of those. Yeah. We took 50 minutes um, of our earthly time to return to our home in Lemuria. And hopefully whoever joins us feels the energy of that embrace of that togetherness. I think that's the word that keeps coming as we're talking. The, the Lemurian consciousness brings that togetherness because we've been separated and divided for too long it's time to feel that togetherness first in our heart and then to experience it into the real world may 2024 yeah. be the year we experience yeah. togetherness. <laughs> beautiful 